This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. I don't know why recently I've taken a just singing the last number in, in each of those, you know, three, three, and four number sequences. I, um, it's the telephone number, free talk left, 603-283-6160, right? And, uh, I, I don't know why, but yeah, if you want to call, talk about whatever's on your mind, uh, talk about what we've been talking about or change the subject, it's up to you, it's free talk left. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us via remote, Mark Edge. Very nice. Uh, before we go on, Free Talk Live is brought to you by ForkFest, happening June 13th through the 16th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, so there's no ticket cost, and no one is in charge. For more information and to connect with other attendees, you can visit the unofficial website, forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. And also, before we go on, I wanted to mention, uh, I have been able to communicate occasionally with Ari Demetso, who is is serving some some time in in the federal penitentiary. Or whatever you want to call For it. For the awful crime of letting people spend their own money as they please. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and she seems to believe, according to her and her attorneys, that she will be out uh, by the end of May of this year. And uh, she intends to attend uh, the fest, Fork Fest, and then, of course, Pork Fest following that, uh, and participate. Uh, as you know, as she has in previous years, so uh, it sounds like her uh, she's planning on returning to the show, which is good for us, uh, and that she will be at the fests as well, uh, helping us, you know, do segments and you know round up uh, people to talk and all that kind of stuff. So we look forward to that. Uh, because we are a live call-in talk radio program, we should probably go to the phones. Let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Hello, this is uh, Eric, who was summoned. Hey, Eric. Uh, which Eric are you? Uh, you don't I'm have Eric to sit. Grand Rapids, first-time caller, actually. Okay, all right. So uh, there was an Eric who had uh, who had tweeted uh, at us uh, specifically about something that happened on the show, and my response was. Uh, Hey, here's the phone number. I don't know if that was you or not, was it? Uh, no, that was not actually me, but okay. I was just driving around in the Michigan winter and suddenly <laughs> heard my name. And... You're like, I must call. I heard my name. I've been summoned. Like, out. all right, if you want me to call in, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Eric. You're on the air, of course. What's on your mind? Well, thank you. Um, I have a myriad of things that I could uh, talk about. Pick I've one. I've been a listener for a long time, but uh, tonight I'd like to stay on topic and offer 
uh, a conspiracy theory of my own regarding COVID. Ooh, or as right. I like to call them, spoilers. spoilers. There you go. Uh, I had a theory, because I, I think of these things for fun from time to time, that uh, the reaction to COVID-19 uh, in regards to the face masking requirements was actually uh, a ploy to use facial recognition software to build a database of the non-compliant. Wait, wait, wait. This makes sense if they're only targeting the unmasked. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Um, basically, uh, the kind of people that would say, no, we will not comply, or your orders make no sense, the people who stood up for themselves and did not wear the masks as they were told to, uh, would could then be identified and uh, put into a database of facial recognition in order to uh, future target them. Uh, for, say, retaliation in, uh, you know, whatever civil disobedience that might come up in the future. Sure, which there was plenty of, at least uh, around in New Hampshire parts anyway. Uh, and I know other states, too, had their own, you know, uh, protests and things of that nature against uh, masking the lockdowns, the whole nine yards. Um, what's interesting to me, Eric, and I, I agree that this is a, a conspiracy theory. Um, what's interesting to me is that it is the... I'm going to call it the negative, right? If you're familiar, I don't know how old you are. If you're familiar with like photography, right? You'll get a negative, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what you really want to see. Uh, this right. conspiracy theory is sort of the negative of what society was up until this point. For example, if I ever prior to, to COVID, right? What year was COVID? 2021? No, uh, March, 2020, 2020. All right. So prior to March, 2020, uh, if I wore any kind of facial covering into my local bank, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what would happen to me? Right, they're going to be like security be cops. I'd be security. Yeah, guy, like yes. I wouldn't be able to take care of my business unless, of course. I mean, there are some exceptions. Maybe it's winter time and it's you know twelve below zero and a blizzard out. You walk into the bank with your like ski mask on, but you take it off immediately because you know you're in a bank. And so, like, but, like, outside of those exceptions, wearing any kind of facial covering into anything that resembled a bank, uh, any like a gun shop, right, any of these kinds of things would get you immediately escorted out by either security or the police. Um, and so now, all of a sudden, like, they're like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I was frankly amazed I didn't hear about an uptick in bank robberies because of the requirement. Right. What did the suspect look like? Well, he was wearing well, a uh, medical mask. So there there <laughs> was an uptick in robberies. It just wasn't reported on. I mean, yeah, no, that it was sense. exactly as you would expect. A lot of people were using this sudden ability to walk around without a face to rob people. Well, the meanwhile, the largest robbery was really going on, which is uh, the government funding of these uh, supposed vaccines mm-hmm. to people like Pfizer well, and Moderna. And the period of time of the largest transfer of wealth from the poor and middle classes to the upper class. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know whether that was all part of the plan. I'm not going to claim that that's the case, but that's what happened. They certainly took advantage of the situation. In that it's respect. almost as yeah. if they were ready for it. Well, yes. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it very it very well may be that uh, part of what they were getting out of this is exactly what Eric was saying about, hey, we've gotten enough faces on our database and our facial recognition has gotten good enough that we'd like to have just sort of a, like, 
base case list of all of our dissidents. So that was definitely one of the advantages. But there is something to be said just for the pure artistry of what ended up happening. On one hand, literally the faceless automatons are surrounding you. And also, they are wearing a mask because they are who you are being robbed on behalf of. So, like, uh, just to get back to Eric's point, um, I do this show. I know for a fact uh, many federal agents listen to this show. If they're not listening right now, they did do and will again. Uh, I'm sure they know exactly who I am and you know where I live and all that kind of stuff. So, like... I'm already on that list, regardless as whether or right. not you know I've I walked into a bank without a mask or whatever that kind of thing. But if I'm not, they are really not paying attention. <laughs> I suspect I'm on many. Yeah, right? I, I suspect the same thing. Uh, however, that that doesn't make your point uh, any less poignant. Uh, because those people who might not have ever been outspoken, who might not ever have stood up for themselves, you know, at this point were like, hey, no, this is crap. This is BS. I'm not doing this. I'm not participating. And they would go about their day and they would be accosted and verbally assaulted by, you know, people who were buying it hook, line and sinker. Uh, and you're right. It's totally possible for a database to have been constructed of the disobedient and those people catalog. Well, and I would I, I would not be surprised, you know, if, if things keep going the way that they tend to be going with central bank digital currency and all of that being implemented, that this ends up being part of the basis of your social credit score that like either you yourself or even your parents were one of those unmasked people during the pandemic well that's worth negative 20 points on your social credit score so we're keeping an eye on you and we might just have to withdraw your ability to use the bus so i i think that is definitely a part of this is they are in the process of constructing their control grid and this was a a an element in that if they're not trying to make a social credit score like china they're missing a huge opportunity right like i mean ladies Mm. and gentlemen think about it for a second does the government whichever government you you pick which government would the government like to control you in the way that china is with its social credit score people who you know speak out against the government they get a little black mark you get enough black marks and then you can't do this thing or that thing. I mean, think about Canada and the truckers and um, people sending money and having their bank accounts shut down and all this stuff. If that's not what they're trying to do, boy, they they're missing an opportunity. And I well, tend they not to. That, uh, they say that with immigration, they want to know who's coming in. It's not far fetched to think with the people who are already here, they want to know who's here. Yeah, yeah, and we know from uh, uh, what do we call it the the Unpatriotic Act that. They have definitely turned their sights inside, whereas, you know, the the alphabet agency apparatus, if you will, largely was focused outside of the United States for some period of time. Occasionally, you know, somebody would fly in and be like, oh, yeah, that guy's on our radar or whatever. You know, they follow him around or whatever, make him leave, you know, whatever it was. But like. Up until the Patriot Act kicked in, they really didn't turn uh, all of their largesse against the you know 300 million people in the United States. Uh, but they clearly have now. And if you have any question about that, uh, go and watch, watch Demolition Man from 1990. 
93, yeah. whatever it was. And and just take Talk a look. Spoilers. Just take a look. Yeah, right. I, I don't, and not eat, like, there's a whole bunch of spoilers in that movie, but just take a look at the police uniforms in that movie because that was supposed to be in the future. Right. And uh, while Demolition Man has a whole bunch of great points to make, mm-hmm. uh, one of the points that they uh, inadvertently make is how much of a police state the United States has become. The outfits, the police outfits in Demolition Man are very conservative. They're very collared shirts, very uh, Mayberry looking, right? They're all black, of course, but like they're not... They're not wearing body armor and face masks and carrying around, you know, what look like uh, the AR-15s or that kind of a thing, whereas that's what we see today. Like, they didn't have bear cats. They didn't have, you know, tanks uh, allocated to them, and that, which is what we have today, right? So you can take a look at how a movie that was attempting to either forewarn or foretell in some way, shape, or form about what the police state was going to look like. Like, got it wrong by orders of magnitude mm. by not showing the reality of what is today in their movie. Now, I don't know that they could have guessed that, that's, that, that it would happen as quickly as it did when they made that movie. So it's probably not even a slight on them. But it's just me pointing out to you, the average listener, that you could see that even at that point, somebody thought, yeah, the police state is going to grow and become more corrupt. But they couldn't have predicted how far they would go. Yeah. Yeah, no one thought they'd be in body armor and Bearcats. Yeah, you mentioned the Bearcat. Uh, it stands for what? Uh, ballistically Engineered Armed Response Counterattack Truck. Uh, nobody realized that counterattack means they'll drive it into your kitchen. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, or your living room, or the neighbor's next door, or they'll rip your front door off, or they'll bash in your front window, or yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and one of the things that I I tend not to think about but is really dawning on me now is the research that they've done on what people are willing to do when you give them a mask. When you give someone a mask to hide behind, they are capable of acts of cruelty that they are ordinarily not able to do. Well, this is evidence. Yeah, I think you're right. This is evidenced also by the Internet. Right. Right. There are so many people on the Internet who... Uh, have the gall, the balls, the chutzpah, whatever you want to call it, to uh, say things that they would never in their life say to somebody else face-to-face. Right. Because you might get punched for saying that if you had, like, a physical face near the person you were talking to. Right. But because you have this, we'll call it a mask, because you're hiding behind the keyboard on a network, you know, located Lord knows where from, you know, the person you're arguing with or whatever. Uh, it gives you this sort of sense of security that you can speak in a way that might get you punched in a face-to-face situation without fear of that repercussion. Mm-hmm. And no during identity that, is no accountability. Right. Yeah, yeah. And during that period of time, you had both. You had both being, you know, safely behind a keyboard, and you had the physical act of putting on a mask. So that you can trigger yourself to know, no one can see my face. I am not responsible for my actions. I will not be held accountable for what I'm about to do when I say, you know, all these people who don't have vaccines really shouldn't be allowed to have any medical treatment. They should really just die in the streets. Yeah. Eric? And they were saying that. 
<laughs> well, I'd like to give you a little parting thought, something I came up with a little while ago that uh, seems apropos. Sure. Uh, government is the idea that evil is necessary, but good requires a permit. <laughs> that is pretty uh, great. I Eric, thank you so much for the call, man. We appreciate you. Have a great night. Uh, 603-283-6160. Mark, did you have anything to add there? Yeah, I, I'm just listening to you guys. I think it's uh, good stuff. All right, so uh, moving right along, uh, let's go to, I think we're at, uh, we were at 11, so 10. No, we already talked about ivermectin. Uh, number nine, hospitals murdered COVID patients. The more they killed, the more money they made. I can't tell you. We went over this number by number. Uh, I remember uh, we had uh, well, one of our co-hosts who's uh, very good with numbers uh, was talking about these numbers and how, like, they're making money by just sort of letting people die. Yeah. And again, I can't think of a single mainstream news source that covered this angle. Not one. This was only the alternative media that went into, like, and I get it, you know, we're kind of libertarian, so a lot of us know things like Austrian economics and this idea that incentives matter. Right. When you reward one behavior and punish another, you're going to get more of the one and less of the other. So, yeah, when you pay them more money for having more people put on defibrillators, you're going to have more people put on defibrillators. When you give them more money for having people die, what do you think that's going to do to their actions? What I, I mean, this is this one is news to me, I've got to say. What really? um, happened that the hospitals were actually killing people? Now, I get that they sort of accidentally put... Um, you know, the, I don't know, moved people with COVID from into nursing homes and things like that. I'm, oh yeah. The I'm, New York thing. Uh, no, this just, is, this is a different one. No, the, it was a uh, part of the spending, which I, you know, I can't really blame you for not knowing what was in that bill because there was an unbelievable amount of wacky spending in that bill. But part of it was this where, yeah, for every hospital that was treating a patient with COVID, you got this amount of money for every hospital that put someone on a respirator with COVID. They got another like, you know, 10, 20, 40, I forget what thousand yeah, dollars between five and ten thousand dollars per person was the most uh, reported on number. Right. So for every person that they put on a respirator, they get another ten thousand dollars or whatever it was. And for everyone who died in the hospital with COVID that was treated, they got more money. They were treating people for COVID who didn't even have it as well. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, that <laughs> and how many people were reported to have COVID that died of something different and, you know, all, all that stuff. And sure, he was beheaded, but that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't had COVID. And later on, just to you know, sort of drive this point home even more. Later on, we found out that the flu quite literally disappeared. Mm. Like, there were no flu deaths during the year one and two of COVID. Yeah, yeah. we really not get, never got a good explanation for that. I, I saw a couple of shots at it, things like, well, we think that perhaps the COVID virus has somehow taken, uh, you know, just taken the battlefield from the flu virus. And then why did it come back? Right. 
Yeah, the, well, those are the two theories that I know of. Is one that, well, it just it filled the niche in nature that was filled by the flu virus. Or there's the obvious one that I put forward that they just called the flu COVID because they were paid to do so. And yeah. they were allowed and encouraged to do so. Like once you've reached the point where like all of the flu symptoms are categorically what you consider COVID symptoms and you don't require a, a even a positive test for what little that means and you don't require something like the loss of taste, right. which for me is just the defining line here. That was what was absolutely novel about this was, number one, people lost their sense of taste. Like right. smell, sure, you get stuffed up. And number two, it wasn't killing kids. Like those were the two really strange things about this particular virus. But those, you know, the yeah. fact that it, the fact that it took your tens, your sense of taste away wasn't required for you to call it COVID just based on the symptoms. Yeah, they were treating anybody with any mm, COVID-like symptoms, right? That is the common cold, the flu, uh, you know, bronchitis, uh, sinus infection, right? These types of things. Uh, they were treating everybody as if they had the COVID, mm-hmm. and then putting them on the respirators, whether they needed it or not. And that had some very bad effects for some people, including some people dying. As I understand it. And yeah, it, it ended up that when we looked back on it, there were no cases of the flu. Yeah. Like, because you were a allowed to and be literally given more money. Right. For saying that if you had the sniffles, you had COVID. So it just turned out that literally no one got classified as having the flu that year. Yeah. Which is telling. Yeah. Very telling. Uh, Does that answer your question, Mark? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Moving on to number eight. Uh, Newfound, well, not so new anymore. Newfound emails prove that this says the Biden White House. I'm just going to say the White House because this started with Trump and it carried over into Biden. It's not like uh, Trump deserves a pass on this. No, absolutely not. Right. Uh, you know, the, the idea that we're carrying water for the Republicans on this show just isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally isn't. Uh, newfound emails prove the White House hid COVID-19 vaccine harms from the public. That is to say that the White House knew that the truth was not being published about their trials, that there were side effects, there were potential harms that could come from these vaccines. And the White House is like, no, nah, we'll just... We'll just shuffle that under the rug here. We'll, we'll put it over there in the corner with, with Hunter's cocaine where nobody could ever find it. 603-283-6160. Were you harmed by the COVID vaccine? Give us a call. Let us know. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. 
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. News update. President Biden calls the strikes against the Houthi rebels in Yemen a success. The president on a campaign stop at a school in Allentown, Pennsylvania. The DOD, Department of Defense, says to expect some sort of Houthi rebel retaliation, but the group, backed by Iran, has been attacking ships in the Red Sea for months. The Biden administration, along with military partners in Britain, finally carrying out massive strikes in Yemen. I would hope that they don't retaliate, but we're prepared in the event that they do. That is Lieutenant General Douglas Sims at a Pentagon press conference late Friday afternoon. Iowa, under a winter weather warning, freezing snowy Iowa, the center of the political world for the next few days ahead of the caucuses on Monday. All of the Republican candidates busy campaigning despite the weather. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We want pizza! You see, advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
Yes, welcome back. It is Free Talk Live. If you are a first-time listener, you can find out all about us over at freetalklive.com. We're a live call-in radio program where you can talk about whatever's on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us remotely? Mark Edge. Uh, Before we go on, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency made for spending. Dash transactions are irreversible, so Dash is great for merchants, too. Plus, its network is protected from 51% attacks by its chain locks technology. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. Uh, I, in fact, used some Dash to buy uh, some friends of mine a housewarming gift uh, You know, for the Home Depot. Because, you know, when you, when you buy a house... You're going to need the Home Depot or some hardware store or whatever. It's just going to happen. And Mm so uh, rather than like some folks are into giving like a thing like, hey, here's a new, you know, I don't know, shrub for your yard or here's some sealant for your driveway, you know, something right here doesn't want a new shrub. Here's some new dishes for your pantry or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Like I prefer to give gifts that allow people to sort of self gift, Mm. you know, so like. Uh, if I were an uncle back well, in the in day, theory, why don't you just give people money? Well, so that's what I did. But uh, like, you know, just, you know, it's a, a credit to this specific store that, that I know they're going to need. So at any rate, that's, that's how useful it was. Oh, and also it didn't cost an arm and a leg like some of these uh, other cryptocurrency transactions like Bitcoin, for example. Mm. If I had tried to do the same thing with Bitcoin, I'd have not only had to wait hours but also I would have had to, at this point, had to pay uh, extraordinary fees for, you know, a small gift card as a home housewarming gift. So, But Dash was instantaneous, so, yeah, those guys are awesome. Uh, at any rate, we are a live call-in program, so let's go to, I believe you said you were Matt calling from Canada, is that right? That's correct, Captain. Hey, Matt, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Okay, so... Um uh, one of the other uh, major uh, uh, items that wasn't really called out on to the uh, the experts about uh, this whole COVID situation is the actual term that they were using, uh, the term pandemic. Mm. Now, uh, what is the uh, definition of the word pandemic? A It sounds like a disease that's affecting the world. Pan, right, pan. Pan, Widespread, like, this is just from dictionary, I, I just typed it into my search engine. Uh, the first definition that came up says, noun, a widespread occurrence of an infectious disease over a whole country or the world at a particular time. Okay, right. So uh, that's pan. So pan being across, mm-hmm. uh, demic, the word demic, is that, that comes from demographic? It, um, I would think so. No, I don't. I, I so, think- okay, I think uh, demographic is uh, demos is people. Uh, I, I think it's a different uh, different origin on that one. Okay. Uh, let's so, see. But even- Demic uh, adjective rare or pertaining to a distinct population of people. Ecology of or pertaining to a deme. D e m e. Oh yeah, it is it's people. a disease that affects all people. Yep. So yeah, so, it is so the did, same. Did did, did, this, did COVID nineteen affect all people? Did it affect across? 
all demographics. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, six, six months old to 90 years old. Uh, well, no, it affected it them in so that they, not. I mean, it affected children in that they had to wear masks and, you know, totally stunt their intellectual development. Yeah, I think course, that that's what um, ultimately is at issue here. Here is is that COVID nineteen was never a pandemic; it was the test for a pandemic. Because I think that a lot of people believe that if nothing else, we need the government to protect us against a pandemic. And I mean, I've heard it before. Uh, you know, running a radio program that's about liberty for twenty years, you get to hear a lot of stuff and. One of the arguments when you boil it all down is, well, you know, what if we need to control, you know, we need to have passports and all this stuff, because what if we need to control how people move? And ladies and gentlemen, this is what the result was. You got to see what the result was when the government handled a pandemic, which is to say they made it factors worse than it was. Orders of magnitude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there was a solution to this problem. And it was on the community level that would have solved this from the get-go, which is, ladies and gentlemen, if you're over the age of 65, we want you to stay in your homes. Um, you know, find somebody in your community who uh, can help you by delivering groceries. We're going to keep you in your homes. This thing's going to run its course. The rest of us are going to continue to make the world go round. You're going to stay in your houses for, say, you know, week, uh, two weeks, a month, however long you want to stay. And then... Um, you know, those of you who don't have somebody, get a hold of your local, you know, YMCA or, uh, you know, uh, with Lions Club or whatever. They'll find somebody for you. Right. And that would have solved the problem. Yeah. No, and that's the other thing, too, is, um, okay, so this was, yeah, it, it was claimed to be a public health, uh, a public health issue. Now, what mm -hmm. is, now let's, cause, because words matter, what is the definition of the public? The public is a collection of individuals. Mm -hmm. So in order to have proper public health, you need individual health. So that's up to each individual. I think, you know, and, and as this pandemic wore on, you know, we'll call it what it will, um, it was quite clear that, uh, you know, most individuals uh, were not affected by any of this at all. Now, I shouldn't say that I had my own uh, uh, COVID uh, situation. I checked all the sickness I had in February of 2020, mm -hmm. checked off all the boxes. Okay. I had whatever it was, no smell, no taste, the, the whole bit. I checked my, it, it checked every box. Yeah. But, you know, like I say, I was, you know, taking my, indi you know, doing my individual thing, I was able to beat it and carry on with my life. I was sick for maybe two, three days. And, you know, I never missed a day of work. You know, missed a couple hockey games. Mm -hmm. I never missed a day of work. And, uh, you know, I carried on. And that's how most individuals, you know, seem to deal with it. But, you know, once you get the government involved and, and oh, it's for the, the good of the, of the public, well, individuals be damned. And, well, and, and then you end up with what we ended up with. Yeah, and I think it's very telling that uh, none, of the, um, uh, none of the folks who appeared on your televisions uh, you know, the talking heads, uh, you know, the Anthony Fauci's or even the newscasters, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, any of the supposed medical personnel, anybody who was supposedly uh, talking in the interests of uh, your individual health or your collective health uh, as a people, you know, receiving a broadcast. None of them mentioned things like, 
hey, uh, eat some more fruits and vegetables and get some exercise and mm. maybe get out in the sunlight, get some vitamin D. Vitamin, you know. vitamin D? How dare you talk about vitamin D? No. <laughs> right, exactly. Conspiracy theorists. I hear them. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to mention, too, because you brought this up, Matt, um, prior to COVID-19, uh, the coronavirus, the beer flu, whatever you want to call it, prior to this, the overriding word in my mind for something like like a COVID was, you know, it's all from the movies and TV, right? It's all from like the zombie apocalypse stuff or, you know, that kind of thing. But it wasn't pandemic. It was epidemic. Right. Up until COVID-19, the overriding word in popular culture was epidemic. And so what is the difference between epidemic and pandemic? I have a uh, explanation here in front of me. I don't know if it's correct or not. It says an epidemic is a disease outbreak that is rapidly spreading in a limited region. A pandemic is an epidemic that is actively spreading to multiple regions across the globe. Right. Y'all's thoughts? I think that um, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with using the term pandemic to describe what happened with COVID-19. But I like to use that as a jumping off point to discuss how COVID-19 was really a little squeak on the scale of pandemics that have come before and that we I mean, we overreacted. Like America, the world overreacted and it, what did it do? It destroyed people's livelihoods. There, there will probably be no recovery for generations based on government action that was called for in many cases by a cacophonous chorus of, uh, you know, worry warts out there. Um, you know, the, the hypochondriacs and the introverts, they, they got their moment, right? And they really grabbed it and showed what kooks they are. Well, and I think that for generations, we're going to feel the effect of, I mean, our, our initial data suggests that the children that had to try and learn how to speak and think without seeing human faces are a standard deviation lower in IQ. So oh, yeah. literally what was the cutoff point for being mentally retarded is now the average intelligence of the people who had to try to develop their brains during this, which we of course know they were the ones who were not at risk of this thing. Right. So we're going to see for a long time the effect of that little choice. And remember making uh, stewardesses uh, force moms to put masks on two-year-olds? Yep. God. Yeah, because that's effective. Matt? Um, yeah, no, that, uh, like I say, I can only point to uh, to the situations, again, in my small jurisdiction up here in, in northern Canada. And, and, and it was exactly the same. It didn't seem to matter the... Uh, the public health, uh, you know, the public health personnel were put on literal, were literally put on pedestals, and well, all they were doing, uh, getting high salaries, and all they were doing is I don't know if you, if um, in, in, in our jurisdictions there was a weekly COVID update, so you had to sit, and I actually, you know, uh, agonizingly sat through a, a bunch of them just to, so I could hear exactly what they were saying, yeah. and there was no. The other thing, too, was there was no 
regional uniqueness to any of the treatments. It didn't right. matter where you lived. You right. lived in Keene, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, or if you lived in, um, I don't know, Vancouver, British Columbia, yep. or, you know, somewhere in Botswana or Argentina. It was the same thing. Right. Mask, vaccinate, six feet apart, wash your hands, et cetera, et cetera. It was the exact same thing across the globe. Yeah. Well, and I think gonna, that was you're going to look at this in in the, in the same way. Yeah, it's that that didn't make any sense either. Yeah, I think that was a big part of why they used the term and shifted from epidemic to pandemic because in an epidemic like okay all of china is doing this thing or all of the u.s is doing this thing sure but everyone on earth doing the same thing at the same time that is a pandemic so if they ever start using that word again watch out because they are instituting some form or another of global of global government and and another uh, a term that I think that they're going to be introducing because they like to make up new scary sounding words to sound more legitimate and more authoritative, and, and I think they'll start using the uh, public health emergency of international concern phrase. Oh, that sounds like something. Yes, Car- of, of concern. Bring. That's correct. Of concern has been added to a lot of the end of a lot of sentences. Yeah, to exactly to. You better, you better be concerned. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, gain of function research of concern. <laughs> it's like, well, wait, we've got you dead to rights on gain of function research, but it wasn't gain of function research of concern. Stop being concerned about it. Uh, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Matt, final thoughts? Uh, no, that's uh, that's about it. Um, thanks a lot, guys. Keep it up, and I'll uh, catch you next time. Hey, we appreciate your call. Thanks for listening, man. 603-283-6160. Let's go. Oh, incidentally, to- uh, public health emergency of international concern, P-H-E-I-C, fake. Ah, nice. Uh, let's go to this unscreened caller calling. Uh, what's your name, please? You're live on the air. It's your boy. Oh, it's Screwball. <laughs> hey Mark. Yeah. Hey Mark, it's good to um see you uh, express some healthy skepticism with that uh, charlatan you had on the Thursday show again. Bare arms. Uh what do you think about his arguments? Um I think that I think that the the patriots, uh and I'm going to use this broad term, are exactly what they say they are. They're patriotic. They still believe that the system underneath it all works. And I don't. I believe that government is essentially a group of gangsters that fly flags out in front of their businesses, their buildings. And as to whether or not that, um, you know, like I, I don't need an explanation as to why the uh, the government does this thing or that thing. Well, there you know this law or that law, and if you just find the definition of this word and UTC forty seven, you know, like that kind of thing. I, I don't need an explanation for that. Oh, but uh, I mean, he's just making a logical using the law a logical argument that uh, uh, 
uh, taxation only applies to government officials, which is wrong. If you, if you just read his argument and you look at the, you actually look at the code, he's wrong. Like real quick, Skeeter, before you continue, I just want to update our listeners who may have just tuned in or they didn't listen to the Thursday night show. Uh, Bear Arms has penned a book, and it is about uh, lawfully uh, avoiding taxation, and that was uh, no, uh, the, or at least that's what he believes his book is about. That's what he wrote it about, that is tax- and that's the point he was trying to get across. And he's encouraging everyone, especially global libertarians, to uh, tax evade, because a lot of his argument is based on the definition you can you can look at you can look at on the tax code. It's available online right now. Sure. Like, and he'll exclude important words from definitions, so to fool you guys. I, I don't know what he's. Well, I don't think do he's trying to fool that. us. I think that he yeah, believes he what he says, and I believe that he's an extra. I know I've met him and talked to him. This is an extraordinarily intelligent individual. Certainly, yes. No, it's no, just that, that. the human. That. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, hold on. It's yeah. really what we're talking about right now with COVID and all kinds of things. Is is that people will try really hard to come up with explanations for their worldview, and I think that you know he. He needs an explanation as to why is this thing not working. And the, and the laws, the regulations, the codes, the policies that are written surrounding all of this can lead you down a rabbit hole from which there apparent, apparently there's no coming back from. Now, that's not to say that he's not getting results. He claims that he and some others uh, have followed his uh, thoughts on this matter, uh, what's the, what's written in his book, and they are achieving uh, some sort of no. uh, a tax refund on the likes of which the normal person is not achieving. So there there are claims of, of success in doing these things. However, from no. my perspective, it's, it's my belief that uh, I am a free man regardless of anybody who claims rulership over me, and you I do free. not need any paper Work, you know, it, I, I'm not free because I have the right paperwork in front of me because I fill out the right forms because I followed the right process and procedure. No, I'm free because I declare that I am free. And if you violate consent, you're in the wrong. Okay, so Mark, I've 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 already dispelled. So over the last few weeks, I've been arguing. I've been making uh, a valid arguments that taxation is not theft, and you guys are all libertarians are free because. One thing, the the ability to renunciate citizenship, that nullifies any argument that you are a slave. I, the U.S. is not responsible for anything outside of their borders. If everything's controlled by another government, that's not their fault. And when well, they I think that... you, and and, okay, and citizenship is an act of pure benevolence, right? And I, I can explain that first, but go ahead. Okay, so um, I think that the United States sets the United States sets itself apart in so much as it taxes people on a worldwide basis. That um, I think that other governments can make a claim that they do not treat their citizens like slaves far better than the United States, who says no matter where you make your money. You have to pay us. And I think that that is a huge glaring problem that needs to be addressed. That's in the United true. States government. It's tr- what's not true. 
You can renounce citizenship and not pay uh, global. Sure, of course you can renounce your citizenship. But, but first you have but to understand that that's an option, right? And the public school system and the government itself doesn't explain that to you. You have to find this out by yourself, vicariously you making you a slave until you come of age to where you can understand this yeah. stuff. And then even if you try to renunciate your citizenship, they still force you to pay and jump through major hoops before you Right, I have a friend of mine who renounced his citizenship and is currently being audited by the IRS because they're they're not sure if he paid everything he was supposed to pay in his exit uh, tax thing. They 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 approved it, but now they're going back and checking it again. Now, I get where you're coming from and that's uh, look, I'm not going to give anybody's information um, here on the air without having consulted with them. Go ahead, Mark. I've put him on and, hold. Um, all I uh, look, you can renounce your citizenship, and every other country you can just leave. So that puts the United States extra steps in opting out of their tax system. Now, if I were to renounce my citizenship, it's unlikely that I'd be able to return to the United States at all. Whereas if I was born a German citizen, decided I didn't like the German tax system, wanted to move to Switzerland, did so, and then I could return any time I wanted to um, to Germany. Now, you can't call that freedom, okay? It's not to say that... You know, there's no way to achieve freedom or whatever. I'm just saying that the United States has a glaring difference when it comes to uh, other worlds and their tax, uh, other countries and their tax schemes. No, I'll tell you why uh, being a natural born citizen is much more fair than starting out as a foreigner. It's because you are by default given the beneficial the beneficial gift of citizenship. The government at birth. Takes up your, gives you a safety net. Ask nothing in return until you earn your first taxable dollar. But all governments do that. Germany does that. Great Britain does that. Canada does that. Why do? Why does the United States have to have a global tax system? Just because they set rules that you don't like. It. The fact that they give you the the ability to renunciate and work within the system. You're you're ignoring, of course, again, Skeeter, and thanks for the call, the fact that government, by existence, violates consent. Well, I disagree with that part. And Skeeter's trying to trying, trying to take you know use me as a man in the middle argument here. I believe if once you know the tax scheme in a given geographic area and you choose to stay in it, then you are effectively opting into that, um, or at the very least, you're refusing to opt out of that system. And so long as there's an opt well, out, on, I believe on, you're free. Yeah, hold on, let me let me drill down on that. Yeah. So, please. what is it that gives this group of people? the right to claim that geographical area ownership okay what is ownership mark ownership is you know whatever whatever an undisputed claim blah 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 well, i don't know no, i dispute the claim obviously okay so like i'm saying in spite of being born in the geographical region that you've claimed that you don't get to tell me what to do and you don't get to demand that I work for free. But I kind of, but you kind of do. So let's let's let me back. Let me give you the option here um, to figure it out. So let's say I own a piece of land and I let your parents uh, come, you know, stay on the land, and so long as they pay me ten percent of their wages, um, because you know whatever the reason might be, that's how the rent's set up. They can come stay on the land. You're born. 
and you never chose to be born on that particular piece of land. Your mom actually does uh, midwifery, so she, you're uh, born right there on my land. And you grow up, you're, you you know, have a good time, you're doing all your stuff, you don't know anything about anything. When you become 16 years old, you get a job, I begin to demand 10% of your wages. You're like, what? I didn't agree to this. I was born here. You and I don't have a contract. And I'm like, well, you're right. We don't have a contract. But if you want to stay here, you're going to have to pay the 10%. Now, am I completely within my rights to do that? No. Why not? Well, because so, well, so we actually skipped the first part of the problem, which is what do you mean ownership? And it's like, well, I own this land. Okay, well, what do you mean you own this land? Well, uh, you know, we can go back and decide whether or not the United States owns land or not. But I can tell you uh, control and ownership are linked. And the United States certainly has control of the polygon we know as the contiguous 48. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Hour number three is next. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891-800-430-1891. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. 